What up, what up? Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the Man Cave Football Podcast, the football podcast where we talk everything football related. And, uh, well, we try to sound smart in doing it. I'm your host, Dan Casper. As always, it's the NFL Draft episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. It's NFL Draft Week. Coming up in this episode, I'll go over my seven-round Packers mock draft. Before that, I'll do my first-round mock draft for all 32 picks. But before all of that, we're going to be talking with Chad Ryder from NFL.com, draft analyst for NFL.com. He was able to join us for a few minutes before heading to Nashville to cover the draft. So always good to catch up with Chad there. But I don't know about all of you listening to this podcast, but I am super excited for this draft to get here. So many storylines, so many questions up in the air, so many intriguing options for teams out there. This is going to be a wild and crazy draft, I think. And one pick, the first overall pick, could change the entire landscape of the draft. I mean, the Cardinals could go quarterback. Then we know Josh Rosen's on the trading block. Does he get traded during the draft, or do they wait till the season starts to maybe capitalize on him, kind of like Sam Bradford with Philly and Minnesota a couple years ago? Uh, if they don't go quarterback, they go, say, Bosa. How does that affect the rest of the NFL draft? Does other teams get antsy and try to trade up for a guy like Kyler Murray? So, I mean, the Cardinals hold everything, hold the whole draft hostage, uh, essentially, because they could go in completely different directions. A lot of times we know what position is going to be drafted first, and other times we know the player that's going to get drafted first. But this one, you know, it sure seems like it's going to be Kyler Murray, but now there's talk that maybe it's not going to be Kyler Murray, but I think we have to be careful, especially with this week, the week of the NFL draft. A lot of smoke and mirrors out there. A lot of false rumors, a lot of false reports. So try to keep that in the back of your mind when you hear all these other different reports and different rumors. But uh, we'll get into the mock here coming up in a little bit. But before, before all that, let's talk with uh, Chad Ryder from NFL.com, draft analyst for NFL.com. Uh, busy time for you. You're, you're kind of your wheelhouse time of the year, if you will, covering the draft. You do a great job at NFL.com. I, I was just kind of just some general draft questions to kick this off. What do you think is the biggest storyline uh, heading into this draft as we get ready for round one on Thursday? Well, it's the quarterbacks. It's, it's almost always the quarterbacks uh, because, you know, that's where the action happens. Uh, I think the last three years has been at least three trades in the first round to go get the signal caller that their team wants. Uh, so that's really where it starts. And then this year, there's quite a few uh, excellent defensive players that are going to tempt teams to either hold off on the quarterback or um, you know teams that don't need quarterbacks are going to see these guys fall into their lap as other teams move up to try to get um, their, their guys. So that's really the, the story on, on Thursday night is where the quarterback's going and then what kind of deals can these other teams get and these fantastic um, defenders. You, you mentioned the quarterbacks. Do you remember another prospect like a Kyler Murray that had so much talk and so many different stories surrounding him that led up to draft? I mean, you're talking about a guy that committed to baseball, now he's going to football, and maybe even the first overall pick. Do you remember a prospect that generated this much uh, story leading up to the draft, maybe since Tim Tebow? Yeah, I mean, Tebow certainly was one. Um, you know, there's a lot of stories, there's a lot of familiarities between uh, John Elway and Murray and the way that John Elway came out and was a baseball guy and 
you know, had a, a team pick them and then trade them. I mean, so there's a lot of uh, drama going on there. Uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, and it'll be interesting to see, for example, uh, you know, the Philip Rivers, Eli Manning story when they came out. You know, Eli gets gets picked by San Diego and then has gets moved over to New York. So I, you know, something like that it would be interesting to see if the Cardinals kind of go that way, pick them and then trade them. I don't know. There's a lot. Of, it could be a lot of interesting things going on. Um, but yeah, other than T-Ball, the only other guy that I can think of off the top of my head is Elway. Who do you think is the best player in this draft? If you have your big board, who are you slotting at number one, regardless of the team selecting at that position? Well, I think it's Nick Bosa from Ohio State. People have kind of forgotten about him because he was injured and then he didn't come back so that he didn't aggravate the injury you know, before the draft process. Uh, but he, he was the best player in college football. Uh, there are certainly Quinnen Williams from Alabama could be a fantastic pro. Josh Allen, the pass rusher from Kentucky, he's going to be a, a fantastic player as well. Ed Oliver, I mean, that's kind of like the, the top four guys to me, but uh, Bosa was the best player I saw overall. Looking at this draft, we've heard that the edge rushers, that group is really talented. It's really deep in edge rushers. Would you say that's the that's the position group in this upcoming draft that has the most talent in it, or is there another position group we should be paying attention to? Well, certainly I think that the pass rushers, they have the most talent, but they also have just generally the most interest because of how important um, getting pressure on the quarterback is. I think defensive tackle, while not as uh, – you know, fun to talk about, uh, you know, in some ways, uh, is really uh, deep as well. I mean, you're going to find some very good players in the second and third round there. And then offensive linemen, uh, there may not be uh, Joe Thomas in this group, but there's going to be a lot of guys picked in the first three rounds, both, you know, at tackle and guard um, and center. I mean, the offensive line is the most important unit on the field. And you're going to see a lot of guys get picked on Thursday and Friday night. They're going to help their teams. Is DK Metcalf the best receiver in this draft? Well, he's certainly the most physically imposing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he's healthy, the, if the neck is not a concern, then uh, he could be a fantastic downfield threat. Uh, overall, though, I mean, some people could point to Marquise Brown from Oklahoma as being kind of an all-around amazing threat offensively um, as a guy at 166 pounds at the combine. There's some concern about his size. Uh, A.J. Brown from Ole Miss could end up being like the best of the group, though, because he's got some size and speed and very tough, and he hasn't had the injury issues that Metcalf has had. So, so I think he end, could end up being the number one guy overall. Transitioning to the Packers, what do you think is the biggest need for, for the Green Bay Packers as they head into this draft, knowing that they got uh, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith in free agency? Does that change their outlook and maybe drafting an edge rusher early? What do you think is the biggest need they need to address? I think the Packers could pretty much take a player at every position in this draft. I don't, I don't think that they're in a position where they can say, oh, we definitely need this first and this second and this third. Uh, if there was a fantastic edge rusher available in the first round, I think they should take him. If they like Montez Sweat from 
uh, Mississippi State, for example, is available in the first round. I wouldn't blame them for Tatum because you can use the Smith brothers in different ways with Sweat, you know, in, in pass rush situations um, and make that happen. Now, there could be value at another position as well. Um, I think getting the veterans helps them not make the pass rush such a big deal in this draft. Offensive line, for example, in my seven-round mock that I put, I put them taking Jonah Williams from Alabama because he could play guard or tackle for them. Um, Brian Bulaga is not going to be around past this year if he can remain healthy during this season. So you can plug Williams at right tackle where he started as a freshman at Alabama, or you can play him at guard. Um, Matt LaFleur is going to have different thoughts on what he wants in his offensive lineman than the previous administration did. So I think they're going to be looking at a couple of offensive linemen in this draft. Um, and then obviously tight end and wide receiver are the other, is the other group that really needs to be bolstered a little bit in this draft as well. You need to give Aaron Rodgers as many um, good, good targets as, as he can get. In your latest mock at 30, you have Noah Fanta mocked to the Packers, and you mentioned you know, Coach LeFleur used three tight end sets in Tennessee. What what kind of tight end would Noah Fant remind Packers fans of? Is he kind of like a Jermichael Finley in that he's that athletic, down-the-field threat, and is there any concern with his run-blocking skills? Yeah, I, no, I mean, Finley really wasn't a run-blocker coming out of Texas. But Fanta, you know, you play at Iowa, you have to do something. So he, he'll be fine there, but that's not why you pick him at 30. You pick him as a receiving weapon. But he can handle, again, if you've got three tight ends on the field most of the time, not all of them are going to be blockers. So he'll be fine as a receiving threat, and uh, he'll stretch defenses for Green Bay you know, right away. Who are some of the safeties maybe that the Packers can target uh, rounds two and up? Well, I think at the end of the first round, they could end up taking a safety as well, depending on... Uh, who is available in other positions, but there's going to be really good value in the 20 to 50 area in safeties this year. A lot of versatile guys. Darnell Savage from Maryland is certainly on their radar. Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State, who I have them taking in the in the mock, um, but he could he could easily be the pick at 30. Uh, there's really no difference in value from the 30th to the 45th pick. It's just kind of picking a flavor or meeting a team need or something like that. Taylor Ratt from Washington might not be the fastest guy, but he's a heady football player that could really do well for Green Bay. Uh, Juan Thornhill is really a corner safety kind of versatile guy that could get first guy round consideration, but may end in the second round. I think there's a ton of guys. Uh, Amani Hooker from Iowa is a in-the-box kind of guy. Um, that is going to be a real value for somebody, too. So that that's a position. It's a good year to get to that position in the first and second round. Last question for you, Chad. Do you think the Packers uh, should address maybe getting another running back early in this draft? Yes. Um, it would not shock me if Jack, Josh Jacobs was in their line of sight in the first round because you saw what Matt LaFleur could do with a Derrick Henry when he was – good and the offensive line was healthy you know last year with the titans and i think jacobs could be a similar threat um for for a team in the nfl i don't really care what his 40 yard dash time is uh he's going to be a powerful guy who can catch the ball and, and be a really an overall threat so i w- i wouldn't be shocked if green bay took him uh, in the first round at all and then if they don't go that direction you can get a guy in the second third or fourth round that can help your your town your uh your depth because you got Aaron Jones who just has had knee issues and he's really talented. 
you you need depth, and and Lafleur's going to want to run the ball, so you need three or four running backs that can really, um, uh, you know, stay on the field. Chad Ryder, NFL NFL draft analyst from NFL.com. Good stuff as always. It was great catching up with you again, uh, and have fun in Nashville. Thanks for taking a few minutes uh, to talk draft with us. Mm, You bet. All right, the suspense is over. Let's do the first-round mock draft. Arizona Cardinals on the clock. Where do I have them going now? If I was the general manager of the Cardinals, this is just me, I don't draft a quarterback first. I, I think it, since you moved up last year to get Rose and you ride with the guy, I understand getting a quarterback for your new head coach, an offensive-minded head coach like Cliff Kingsbury, I understand Give him the players to succeed under his system. I totally understand that. But if Cliff, if but if Cliff Kingsbury is this great offensive-minded genius type of head coach that a lot of people like to make him out to be, he should be able to make it work with Josh Rosen. So if it were me, if I'm the Cardinals, I'd pass on Kyler Murray, but I don't think they're going to pass on Kyler Murray. So I've got Kyler Murray going number one to the Cardinals. Number two... 49ers, they made the deal for D. Ford in the offseason. They got DeForest Buckner on a defensive line. I think they go with Nick Bose on the edge to really upgrade that pass rush for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, look at the rest of the division. They're going to have to go up against the Rams. They really got to fortify that defense. Russell Wilson in Seattle, too. And if Cardinals do draft Kyler Murray, they'll be chasing him all around the field, too. So Nick Bose, I got to go number two to the San Francisco 49ers. Number three, the Jets. This is an intriguing team. They could go different ways here. I think they go defense. Do they go Ed Oliver? Reports are the Jets really like him. Do they go Quinn and Williams? Might be the safest uh, pick in a draft. One of the, maybe the most def- dominant defensive player in this draft. Well, where, where do they go? I'm going to go Josh Allen, the edge rusher from Kentucky. I'm going to go Josh Allen on this one. Uh, Greg Williams wants his pass rushers out there, although I could see Ed Oliver, kind of maybe that that Aaron Donald type of player. Uh, But I'm going to go Josh Allen, the pass rusher from uh, Kentucky at number three. And then the Raiders with their first of three picks. Do they go Ed Oliver? There's talk that maybe the Raiders really like him. They probably would have really liked Josh Allen. If Josh Allen does fall to the Raiders at number four, I think they go him. But Mike Mayock, John Gruden, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. Go get Quinn and Williams. I know it's not as big of a need as an edge rusher or anything like that or a linebacker, but go get Quinn and Williams to anchor that defensive front. Go get him. Don't overthink it. Draft Quinn and Williams. Buccaneers coming in on the clock at number five overall. Uh, I'm going to go Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, with this pick. Uh, They've got to retool that defense there a little bit there. Uh, Todd Bowles, new defensive coordinator. It'll be a nice staple uh, to put on that defense with Devin White there. So I think he goes fifth overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Giants now on the clock. Do they go quarterback? Do they find the replacement for Eli Manning at number six? Are they looking at Haskins? Could they go Daniel Jones from Duke? The whole Manning connection there with Jones because of his head coach at Duke. I don't think they go quarterback here. I think they go edge. They they want a pass rusher. Well, who's left out there? Rashawn Gary? Do they reach a little bit on him, even though the reports say now with his, uh, with his shoulder that maybe he's a little bit up there in the air? Montez Sweat? 
the heart condition that has some uh, teams off their draft boards. I think the Giants go with uh, with Montez Sweat, though. I think they go with him from Mississippi State, the edge rusher there. Jacksonville Jaguars next on the clock. Do they go tight end? Do they go try to find another edge rusher or defensive lineman? I think they got to fortify that offensive line. you got Nick Foles on the team now. Statue back there. Fortify that offensive line. Stay within state. Juwan Taylor, offensive tackle. Florida, going to Jacksonville. Detroit Lions. Matt Patricia probably wants some defense uh, over there to help out that defense. Uh, they, they got Trey Flowers in the offseason. Maybe get some more edge rushers out there. But Matt Patricia, longtime New England Patriots assistant, defensive coordinator over there, knows how vital a tight end can be to the offense, especially with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. So I think they grabbed TJ Hawkinson, tight end, out of Iowa at that number eight spot. I know they tried that with Eric Ebron a few years ago, drafting number 10, different regime, different head coach. I think Matt Patricia, you know, being that time with the with the Patriots, seeing how vital a tight end can be to an offense, I think they can't pass up on T.J. Hawkinson at this point. So he goes number eight to the Detroit Lions. Number nine, Buffalo Bills. This guy could go a lot higher in a draft, I think. Kind of the intriguing one uh, that uh, really could go as high as top three to maybe even down in the late teens here. But Buffalo... Sean McDermott, defense over there, wants to build that defensive line. Ed Oliver is the pick for the Buffalo Bills at number nine. Apparently, according to a lot of reports, not just this week, but early throughout the whole process, they love Ed Oliver. And why not? I I love. I think Ed Oliver is going to be an awesome, awesome defensive player in this league. Broncos, Vic Fangio, new head coach for the Broncos, defensive-minded head coach. Where do they go? Do they find a quarterback for their future to sit behind Joe Flacco? Not in my mock. Not not at least in the first round. I'm going to go Devin Bush Jr., the linebacker from Michigan. Look at Vic Fangio. San Francisco. Chicago. Big time. Uh, whenever you look at those defenses, big time playmaking linebackers. Especially inside linebackers. Denver needs one. They go with the second best one available. Devin Bush Jr. from Michigan going to the Denver Broncos. Cincinnati Bengals next up on the list. A lot of needs for them. They could go defense. Uh, they are awful on defense last year. But, they, you know, offensive-minded head coach Taylor coming in. they got to build up the, the guys up front. I think they go offensive line. Jonah Williams, offensive tackle, is the pick for the Bengals at number 11. Now the Green Bay Packers coming in on the clock, number 12. Where do they go? Tight end. Hawkinson's off the board. Do they go for Noah Fant? Do they go offensive tackle, offensive lineman, another edge rusher? Where do they go? I haven't seen this guy. I don't know if I've ever actually seen him mocked to the Packers, and we'll get into a little bit more detail with him when I get into my seven-round Packers mock draft. But I'm going to go Christian Wilkins, defensive lineman, Clemson. And I'll explain that a little bit more later coming up in my Packers mock draft. So I know probably some of you Packers fans listening right now are cursing or telling me I'm an idiot, but just wait till I get to the more detail in my seven-round mock draft. So Christian Wilkins, defensive lineman from Clemson, going to the Packers at 12. So the Miami Dolphins on the clock right now, they probably would have liked Christian Wilkins as well, the uh, defensive lineman from Clemson, but I think they got to fortify that offensive line there a little bit. I think they go offensive tackle, Andre Dillard from Washington State. 
Falcons, also another team that would have loved Wilkins. They're on the clock sitting there at 14, but they go grab an edge rusher. I think Brian Burns from Florida State. Uh, the Falcons are another team that really have to get some depth and more talent on that defense down there. So Brian Burns is my pick for the Falcons sitting at 14. Number 15, the Washington Redskins. They got Case Keenum. Who knows what Alex Smith is going to be up to in the near future. Do they go after quarterback? I think they do. I think the Washington Redskins, they get the quarterback. They're going to draft Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State, at number 15. 16, Carolina Panthers on the clock. I'm going to go wide receiver on this one. Give Cam Newton some weapons over there. DK Metcalf comes off the board for the Carolina Panthers, sitting there at number 16. Giants back on the clock at number 17. What do they do with their pick? Is this the time they finally get a quarterback? Is it Daniel Jones? It's not Daniel Jones. I'm going with Drew Locke, Missouri, the pick at number 17 for the New York Giants, the eventual replacement for Eli Manning. Number 18, the Minnesota Vikings. they got to keep going with that offensive line and trying to build that up. They do that with the 18th overall pick, uh, Garrett Bradbury from uh, NC State, interior offensive lineman, center. Can move him a little bit around in there inside. The Titans, Mike Vrabel, what does he do? I'm going with Rashawn Gary, the edge rusher from Michigan. Some uh, concern with his shoulder. He might need surgery on it. Some teams apparently think that he can play through it this year. Tennessee still trying to build up that defense. I'm going with Gary, the edge rusher from Michigan at this pick. Steelers, do they go wide receiver to replace Antonio Brown? Uh, not in my pick. I'm going to go Greedy Williams, the corner from LSU, to fortify that defense there a little bit. So Greedy Williams is my pick for the Steelers at 20. 21, Seattle Seahawks on the clock. They've got to get some talent into that secondary, rebuild up that secondary. I'm going Jonathan Abram, the safety from Mississippi State, a replacement for Earl Thomas, uh, trying to rebuild that Legion of Boom uh, back there for the Seattle Seahawks. 22, Baltimore Ravens. Going wide receiver, Marquise Brown, Oklahoma. Let's give Lamar Jackson some weapons to throw to. Brown, a lot of people have as the best wide receiver in this draft. Ravens, nab him up in this one. Houston Texans now on the clock, sitting there at 23. What do they do? you got to protect Deshaun Watson. Can't allow him to keep getting hit as much as he is. Cody Ford, offensive tackle, Oklahoma, going to the Houston Texans. Raiders back on the clock. So they got Quinn and Williams with the fourth overall. Are they going edge rusher? Do they go quarterback? They go running back. They're going to go Joshua Jacobs, running back from Alabama. John Gruden gets his offensive uh, offensive player in his draft at number 24 to pair back there with Derek Carr and got Antonio Brown on the outside. First running back to come off the board goes to the Raiders. Philadelphia Eagles next on the clock, 25th overall. They get some secondary help. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety from Florida, he's going to the Philadelphia Eagles to help in the back end of that of that defense right there. Colts, I like this guy too. I like him a lot. Uh, he's uh, kind of been fluctuating throughout a lot of mock drafts. Late first round, maybe even all the way down to a late second round pick. Jerry Tillery, interior defensive lineman, Notre Dame. Colts. Have to get some bodies up front on that defense. The defense played well last year, but they got to get some big boys up front there. I'm going Jerry Tillery. Raiders back on the clock. What are the Raiders going to do with the 27th overall pick? 
You know what? They get their edge rusher with this 27th pick. Cillian Farrell, Clemson. Raiders fans, this is a good draft for you, by the way. Just throwing it out there. Chargers now up at 28. Uh, I'm going Adderley, the safety from Delaware, pairing him up pairing him up with Derwin James. That's going to be a nice dynamic duo back there at the safety spot uh, for the Chargers. Seahawks back on the clock thanks to their trade with the Chiefs. They get a corner, Byron Murphy from Washington. The guy won't have to go that far. So they get a corner. They spend their two picks, uh, their two first-round picks, on rebuilding that sa- uh, that secondary. Jonathan Abram, the safety from Mississippi State, at 21. And then uh, Murphy, the corner from Washington, at 29. Packers back on the clock at number 30. Offensive lineman, a lot of people think offensive line at this pick. Going tight end, Noah Fant. Going Noah Fant at this one. I'll explain a little bit later in my seven-round mock draft. Rams on the clock. They're going to go interior offensive lineman uh, from Texas A&M, Eric McCoy. And then the Patriots rounding out the first round. They go wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, Arizona State, giving Tom Brady a little bit of a weapon on the outside there to pair up uh, with, uh, with Julian Edelman. Harry, wide receiver from the Patriots. Although if the Packers pass on Noah, I could see the Patriots definitely uh, maybe going after him. They may have their eyes set on Irv Smith Jr. in the second round, though, too. But that is my first round mock draft. Thoughts? Comments? Let's hear it, guys. Let's hear it. Up next, my seven-round Packers mock draft. My seven-round Packers mock draft. You know the first two picks in the first round. Let's go revisit them. Number 12th overall, Christian Wilkins. And I know a lot of you Packers fans are probably sitting there thinking that I'm crazy. Why didn't I mock uh, a linebacker like Bush or an edge rusher, maybe Burns, or or an offensive lineman or anything like that? You know, and, and Wilkins hasn't been talked a whole lot about about going to the Packers. If you go to Packers.com, they do a prospect primer on him. Uh, so they've talked a little bit about him, but you really haven't seen him mocked to the Packers. Here's why I like Christian Wilkins, and I think maybe Goody and the Packers like Christian Wilkins. Obviously, you know, looking at the program he came from, from Clemson, he was surrounded by a lot of talent on that defensive line. I, I get that. But these are some of the things that scouts say about him. Locker room leader with character that is off the charts. Face of the franchise personality. Experience as a base end and defensive tackle. I mean, this is from Lance Zierlein from uh, NFL.com. It just sounds like Mr. Packer, doesn't it? So uh, and I look at that, and if you look at pro football focus, his pass rushing grades have grown exponentially the last couple of years. Some other things written about him on his NFL.com draft profile uh, can drop into space on his own blitz calls, batted down 15 passes during his career. Uh, it's a short area agility of a linebacker. This guy can play a, a different parts on that defensive line. Pairing him up with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, that is an awesome group. And this this pick would also help protect the Packers in the future because Mike Daniels is going to be a free agent after this year. Kenny Clark's going to get a huge contract coming up here. They're going to pick up his fifth his fifth year option. Getting Wilkins will help keep that group to, uh, keep a group together on that defensive line. Wilkins and Kenny Clark going to be an awesome pair on a defensive line for the next couple of years and Mike Penn's going to really really know how to use him. So I like Christian Wilkins. I think the Packers like him. I mean from all the stuff that we heard about the locker room stuff and and, and all that weird stuff, having a guy that 
you know, scouts say is the face of a franchise personality, a locker room leader with character that is off the charts, that's the kind of guy I want in my locker room. So you may not think defensive line is a big need for the Packers, but Mike Patton has said that he views the pass rush from the defensive line more important than the outside. He's not dismissing outside linebackers or, or three, four linebackers at all. He's just saying he he prefers a pass rush up the middle. And I think if you ask other quarterbacks, they don't want to face that pass rush up the middle. That's the most difficult to face. So if the Packers can really build up that defensive line, I I, I love Wilkins. Love Wilkins, and I would love to see him in green and gold. Noah Fant, tight end, Iowa. There's some people uh, that, that say he can't run block. Well, you heard Chad a little bit earlier say, well, if you got to play at Iowa, you do have to block a, a little bit over there. If you read some of the stuff, uh, a good article, check it out at, at uh, NFL Draft or excuse me, uh, DraftNetwork.com, thedraftnetwork.com, and they got a write up uh, on Noah on there, and they talk about his, his his run blocking grades or his run blocking ability has actually gotten better every single year, or at least the last couple of years since he's been in Iowa. So he has been getting better. He's been getting better at the run blocking part of his game. He's not a turntile. Probably better than Jimmy Graham, too, at this point. So I think Noah would be a great pick for the Packers at 30, stretching that field there a little bit with Aaron Rodgers in that passing game, pairing him up even with Jimmy Graham. And then you got Devontae Adams and some fast, big other wide receivers there. So I, I like the Noah fan pick at, at number 30. Now this is the part in the draft that I really like. Day two, rounds two and three. These, this is my favorite part of the draft, seeing some of these guys. A lot of high-quality players in these rounds. Number uh, for my 44th overall pick, second round, Juan Thornhill, the safety from Virginia. Packers get a, uh, get their other starting safety with this pick. He is the definition of a free safety. He's a ball-hawking safety back there. Pairing him up with Adrian Amos, I love those two. Um It'll be interesting to see what the Packers do with the safety position in this upcoming draft. There's a lot of talented players that can be found later in day one or in day two. A lot of talented safeties out there and different styles of safety. If they don't get safety, part of me does wonder, are they going to move Josh Jackson to a safety too? So keep an eye on that safety group, uh, whether the Packers decide to get one or not. But I, I really like this kid Thornhill from Virginia. Bigger safety, just a ball-hawking safety back there. Third round, 75th overall for the Packers. I was going back and forth here a little bit uh, between a couple of offensive linemen. And I'm finally settling with Caleb McGarry from Washington. He took a visit with the Packers. He's a tackle. Uh, You know, Cole Madison, I think, does help alleviate the need of offensive line a little bit. Uh, They got Billy Turner. They do need the eventual replacement for Brian Balaga unless they view Billy Turner as more of a right tackle down the line. I know he called himself more of a tackle. But they also need a backup left tackle, too, at this point. So I look at uh, Caleb. Uh, he's a six foot seven offensive tackle. Can maybe be that swing tackle for the Packers in the short term and maybe eventually a future starter down the line. So that was my 75th overall pick in the third round for the Packers. Caleb McGarry, offensive tackle. Washington. Starting day three, fourth round, 114th overall. Packers stick with the offensive side of the ball in this one. They grab another running back. Uh, I'm going to go Devin Singletary, running back out of Florida Atlantic. He's a little bit smaller. He's about 5'7", 
but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's very hard to cover out of the backfield. I envision like a Tariq Cohen type of player, like from the Bears. And according to a lot of reports out there, the Bears are really interested in Devin Singletary. Well, they see what they can do with a guy like Tariq Cohen. And like, well, yeah, we want some more of that. So, you know, Aaron Jones is going to be the, the number one running back for the Packers. But adding a guy like a Devin Singletary who can catch the ball out of the backfield and is going to be a, a difficult for linebackers to cover out of that backfield, that would be huge for this offense. And even though he's a little bit smaller of a running back, he's not afraid to use his body to help him pass protection too. So I like that one. Sticking with the fourth round, 118th overall. This is from Washington in the trade for a ha-ha Clinton Dix. Packers go to the defensive side. Uh, they grab another. They grab an edge rusher in this one from Oregon, Jalen Jelks. Big guy, 6'6", putting some more bodies uh, to to that uh, to that depth for the outside linebacker because Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, Mike Penton's going to move those two guys all around the all around the field. They're not necessarily just going to be three four outside linebackers. They may have their hand in the dirt. They may be up the middle. They're going to be all over the place. Kyler Fackrell is strictly a three four outside linebacker. Reggie Gilbert, I don't know what the plan is for him. He might just be strictly a 3-4 outside linebacker. So they need some more guys that I think are just strictly 3-4 outside linebackers. Jalen Jelks from Oregon fits that profile, and he's a big dude too, 6-6. Nick, next, fifth round, 150th overall. Going linebacker, sticking with the defense on this one, Jermaine Pratt, linebacker. NC State, another converted safety. Uh, if you look at it, you're like, well, guy, he didn't really start a whole lot of games at NC State, but he was a focal player for that defense. He's been getting better every single year. That converted safety to linebacker, you need the speed. He can cover the tight ends. He can cover the running backs. He's going to be, I think Oren Burks is going to have a bigger role for this team this year. He's that converted safety, that fast linebacker there. You need some more depth over there, though. I'm going to go with Pratt from NC State. I did have Edwards from Wisconsin initially, in kind of in my practice one here, but I think the Packers want to get a little bit faster there. I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be mad if it's Edwards from Wisconsin, to be honest with you. But I'm going to go with Pratt with this one just because he's a little bit faster at that linebacking spot. Sixth round, Packers go back to the offensive side. And they finally grab a wide receiver. So here's the thing with this whole wide receiver thing. I know there's a lot of fans and there's a lot of mock drafts out there pegging the Packers to get a wide receiver early. I just don't know if they're going to do that. Goody invested three picks last year in wide receivers. Say what you want about them. A, we don't have a full grasp of what type of players they're going to be. But I don't think Goody wants to invest a high pick in another wide receiver. I, I just don't see that. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Who knows? The draft's a crapshoot. But I look at those three guys, Jamon Moore, MVS, St. Brown. You got Geronimo Allison coming back, Jake Kumaro, Trevor Davis, and then a guy named Devontae Adams. So I don't know if it's that much of a pressing need, especially with the new scheme coming in for the Packers too. I think that's the big, big wild card in all this. But if they want to get another slot type of wide receiver, they can use their sixth-round pick, 185th overall, looking at Georgia State, Penny Hart. Now, he's a guy that can also help on special teams, too, in the return game. Uh, but, you know, Trevor Davis, maybe keep an eye out for him. Keep an eye out for him. Sticking with the sixth-round Packers, go back to the defense. But 
Go a little bit smaller, too, just like Penny Hart's a little bit of a smaller wide receiver. I'm going with a little bit smaller of a cornerback from James Madison, Jimmy Moreland. If you read some of the stuff about him, if he was a little bit bigger, a lot of people think he'd be a day one, day two draft pick this year. He's your nickel corner. He may be a little bit smaller. Dude's not afraid to stick his nose in there, though. So with looking at that secondary, it'd be nice to have just kind of that prototypical nickel corner for the secondary. So Jimmy Moreland, corner from James Madison. And then finally, seventh round, 226th overall, Packers finally get their quarterback. You know, a lot of talk about Drew Locke and whether the Packers were going to invest high in a quarterback this year, eventual replacement for Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I just can't see it. I can't see it right away. But I think they go after a quarterback, and I think it's going to be in the later rounds. In my mock, I got it going seventh round, Easton Stick, quarterback, North Dakota State. North Dakota State. I think that's where the Packers will look for for their next quarterback. Not saying he's going to be the future starter down the line, but I think the Packers will look at quarterbacks in this draft. I just got it going Easton Stick, North Dakota State. Thoughts? Reaction? Let me know. Tweet at me. Tell me how much I'm wrong. I can take it. I can take it. But that's my seven-round Packers mock draft. It's going to be an awesome draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's it for this episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. I'm Dan Casper. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Hey, do me a favor. Subscribe to my podcast. If you have an Android, just download the Google Podcast app and subscribe. iOS users, download the Apple Podcast app and subscribe. As always, you can find us on the web too, wherever your favorite uh, podcasting platform is at. Just Google us. Appreciate if you could rate us as well. Just uh, make it a good one if you can. We'll chat with you next time. 